Welcome to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Good afternoon to you. I'm Jason Kong here with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann. He's head of Charles Ashley Mann Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. Dr. Mann, how are you doing today? Man, doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing wonderful. Hey, we've we made it to the month of May. This is crazy how uh, how quick the year is flying by. It is unbelievable. May Day is here. <laughs> uh, it's hard to believe. It feels like uh, January uh, was just around the corner. But hey, um, it's uh, baseball season, right? Yeah, baseball's here, and uh, on on the personal side, I, I think you and I have some birthdays coming up, and some some family birthdays as well. So, you know, May's May's always a fun month around here. You got one coming up in May, right? That's right. That's right. So, yeah, you know, it's uh, yeah, I've got fun uh, time. I've got four family members in May, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, uh, we'll we'll keep and Mother's Day is coming up as well, so you know we'll, we'll the gifts will be flowing this month, which is always yes, nice. Yes, they will. <laughs> it's always nice. Well, Doctor Man, we're going to be talking about something that uh, I love speaking with you about because here on Teeth Talk, we always talk about ways that you know we can improve our overall health with our oral health, and this is just one of those topics that we don't necessarily think of when we think of dentistry or our teeth, but we're going to be talking about sleep breathing disorders. And, you know, I think many of our listeners are thinking, why is a dentist going to be talking about sleep breathing disorders? So enlighten our audience as to why you believe it is so important to be screened for this by a dentist. Well, sleep breathing disorders uh, are very common, believe it or not. There's about 40% of the society that has some form of a sleep breathing disorder. And there's about uh, 20 to 30 percent of our older population that has an undiagnosed uh, sleeping disorder. So um, it's very important that, um, you know, it is screened properly and on a regular basis. And one of the things that, you know, we see is that uh, patients come to our office more often than they will a general practitioner or their doctor, especially in the earlier years and for males. A lot of males tend not to go to their uh, general practitioner on a regular basis, so they can't be screened. And to be honest with you, a lot of GPs don't even screen for sleep breathing disorder um, unless the patient brings it up to them that they have a problem with, uh, you know, uh, sleeping. So um, the ADA, which is American Dental Association, has really recommended that dentists start screening for sleep breathing disorders. So that's how it's come um, into fruition for us to be able to do that. However, I started doing sleep screenings uh, 12 years ago um, because I saw the signs in the mouth that people were having a problem um, with sleep breathing disorders. And some of those signs um, that we are looking for um, are people who, who grind their teeth chronically. <clears throat> A lot of people that grind their teeth heavily can uh, be doing that because they have sleep breathing disorder. I can look in and tell if somebody has acid reflux because the acid will break down the teeth. And um, that's also could be a sign of a sleep breathing disorder. Um, I can look and see if their tongue is oversized and is blocking their airway. Um, we look for scalloping of the tongue, which means little um, grooves in the side of their tongue that would indicate that air is being forced over the tongue. Um, so there's a lot of things that we look for. We also take a 3D x-ray 
uh, once every five years in my office. And I can look at the person's airway um, in that 3D x-ray and tell if they have a narrow airway or not. And if they have a narrow airway, then they're at a higher um, probability that they have some form of sleep breathing disorder. So if we're seeing these things and we're able to look in the mouth and we're able to um, take this x-ray that allows us to view that, then why not screen for it? Because we could save a lot of lives doing it. And I feel like we've done that in all of our practices and my practices in general is, um, you know, we've diagnosed people um, that have had uh, sleep breathing disorders and sleep apnea um, from ages, you know, toddler age all the way up into uh, the 70s and 80s where people were having issues with their health. And then, you know, we happened to be the ones that said, hey, we think you have a sleep breathing disorder. I would, um, you know, get a test. And because of that, we, we feel like we save people's lives and, it, and, it, and, and help their lives to be that much better um, because sleep breathing disorders um, are a silent killer. That's what I tell people. Um, it's much like periodontal disease. You don't have any pain. Um, our bodies become habituated to it. So we don't know that we're tired or that we're having any kind of problems from it. So we just um, ignore it. And, um, and unless someone points it out to the individual, to the person that has one, they may not even know that they have it. So that's why I feel like it's important that myself as a dentist and my colleagues that I work with in our practices, that we screen for this um, so that we are helping patients live a better life. Yeah, it's it's a really scary threat if you when you think about it, because as you said, it's something that uh, can really sneak up on you and you need someone else to bring and call to your attention. And you mentioned sleep apnea, which of course is a, a very common problem that can have some really devastating consequences on our health. So Dr. Mann, can you talk about the signs and symptoms of sleep apnea and also the health issues that are associated with sleep apnea? Well, you know, one of the signs that we see a lot is, is people being sleepy. Um, if you come into my office uh, in the morning or even in the early afternoon, and you're falling asleep in the chair while we're working on you or you're getting your teeth cleaned. Um, that's usually a sign that there is some kind of sleep breathing disorder or there's some kind of sleep issue. Unless you just had a bad night or you worked the late shift. But if you're, you know, telling me you're getting eight to nine, 10 hours a, a night and you're feeling sleepy in the mornings, uh, mid morning, or you're sleepy after lunch, that could be an indication that there's some kind of sleep breathing disorder going on. That should be your first sign is sleepiness throughout the day, even in the morning, hard time waking up after eight hours of sleep. Um, those type of things could be an indication that you have a sleep breathing disorder. Um, some of the other signs and symptoms um, from a health standpoint is uh, one of the things that we see is high blood pressure. Um, high blood pressure that um, is hard to treat um, can also be an indication of sleep breathing disorder. Um, if you are... Um, if your uh, BMI index, so your body mass index, is above a 25, for every point above a 25, you have a higher increase for a sleep breathing disorder like sleep apnea. So that would be something that if you are, um, you know, gaining weight or you, you are overweight, you've been trying to lose weight, one of the things that we see with sleep apnea and some other sleep breathing disorders is it lowers your metabolism. So it's harder for you to lose weight when you have these sleep breathing disorders because your metabolism is lower. 
Um, you tire more easily. Um, if you don't get good sleep, then your immune system's weakened too. So it can have ill effects on your oil health that we can see in your mouth, bleeding gums, things like that. So um, that that is a few of the signs that we look for or, or that the individual can look for at home um, before they come into my office and we start screening them. Snoring is a huge, huge indication. So if you have a spouse, loved one that's telling you that you're snoring on a regular basis and they can't get any sleep, that would be an indication that you have some form of uh, sleep breathing disorder. Yeah, if it's something that you haven't been checked out for, schedule an appointment <laughs> to see Dr. Mann. You can do that online by going to smileman.com. Man has two ends at the end, Smileman. From there, you can also find information about Dr. Mann and his entire team, as well as the full array of services that they're able to provide. And you can also find information about Dr. Mann's three office locations. There's one office in Cary, one in Garner, and one in Fuquay, Verena. Learn more at SmileMan.com, or you can call the office, 919-462-9338, 919-462-9338. 9338. We're going to take a quick break, but we've got more on sleep breathing disorders. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Welcome back to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. I'm Jason Kong here with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann. He's head of Charles Ashley Mann Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. And today we're talking all about sleep breathing disorders. And uh, Dr. Mann, we discussed sleep apnea and some things to look out for, but I now want to get into a uh, diagnosis and treatment. So when someone goes to see you, what happens next? Well, we do a screening and of course, looking at the, uh, the 3d, 3d x-ray. And then we ask every patient a series of questions. We also look at their airway in the back of their throat, their tonsils. If you feel like a patient is um, a candidate, then uh, we have something called a pulse oximeter in our um, office. And we'll recommend that that patient take the pulse oximeter home and wear it at night. We don't charge our patients for it. It's basically just a screening tool. And um, it'll show us if the patient is losing oxygen uh, in the blood uh, to a certain level throughout night. And that information, when the patient brings it back, we can determine if it's necessary for them to have a test to see if, it's, if, if there's a probability that there's apnea or any other type of, uh, you know, um, any other type of uh, problems that may occur. So that that is how we um, approach it. If someone has apnea, then that is when um, we have to um, make a decision. And uh, that comes down to what type of, of apnea has occurred. Um, there's mild, moderate, and severe apnea. Um, If someone has mild apnea, then they have anywhere from five to 15 events per hour. 
That sounds like a lot, um, but it's still considered mild. Um, if they have 15 to 30 events per hour, then it's considered moderate. Um, if they have 30 or more events per hour, that's considered severe. Now, whether it's mild, moderate, or severe, any apnea needs to be treated because it's causing a really strain on the heart. Um, and that's the health consequences that we see by not having it uh, treated is your heart is working super, super hard to get your blood around because that oxygen level drops. So the treatments range from, of course, everyone that's had um, been diagnosed, they know about the CPAP. Even if you haven't been diagnosed, you might know about it. That's where you have a, a mask that you wear at night and you have continuous airflow um, that goes down to keep your air uh, saturation high and to keep your back of your throat from closing off. Usually people that have apnea is obstructive sleep apnea. And that means the back of your airway is closing off right where your throat is. Um, once that's diagnosed, uh, whether it's mild, moderate, or severe, um, you have to make the decision. If it's mild or moderate, many people can be treated with a mouthpiece. It's called a mandibular advancement device, or they can be treated with a CPAP. If they have severe sleep apnea, most insurance companies will require that the person uh, move towards using a CPAP. Um, but we have a lot of people that have moved towards CPAP that were could not wear it. They were intolerant. They couldn't tolerate it. Um, if they try to use it for three months and they can't, then most dental, I mean, excuse me, medical insurance companies will cover the mandibular advancement device because they know how important it is to decrease the amount of apneas, even if you can't completely um, make all of them go away. So those are the two most common treatments. There are some other treatments that we're seeing. We're seeing some implants that uh, can be used in the back of the throat. Um, it's almost like a little chip that they place back there that causes an electrical stimulation when someone has apneas to keep that airway open. Um, there's also some surgeries that can be done. Um, there's some really drastic surgeries. Most people who have apnea don't have enough room because of the way their skeletons develop uh, through when they were a child up, up through their adolescence years. They can have surgery and, and break their jaw and, and, and move that jaw forward. Um, it's a very, you know, uh, invasive surgery. Um, there's also some minor surgeries that can be done, like shaving off that little piece that we call it the uvula. But if you look in the back of your throat, it's a little piece that uh, comes down. Um, they can shave that off or they can remove the tonsils. Sometimes enlarged, chronic, um, inflamed tonsils can cause it. They can be removed. So there's a lot of options out there um, other than the CPAP, but the CPAP is the most common that we see however there's only about a 40 to 50 percent use rate once someone gets the CPAP because of the toleration aspect of it and you know I'm you see this with other devices as well whether it's uh, retainers or things like that um, do your patients tell you maybe why they don't consistently use the CPAP do they just forget well, there's, there's really three major reasons. Um, people don't like the mask around their face. A lot of them are forced to sleep on their back. And if they're a back sleeper, they don't usually like it. Now, you can sleep on your side, but a lot of the patients don't um, feel comfortable because of the mask. Um, and also, that continuous airflow um, dries a lot of our patients out. It dries their mouth out, their throat. 
they don't like that aspect of it. Um, the other compliance issue is once you put the CPAP mask on, you really have to go to bed um, and, and be ready to go to sleep. So, um, you know, if you're falling asleep watching TV or reading a book and you don't have that CPAP on, then you're not compliant. And so that that's considered not tolerating it. Um, so that that is the three biggest reasons. There's some other reasons. One, a lot, if you're a traveler, it's very hard to travel with this with the CPAP. Um, you know, and of course, the noise that it makes. A lot of people don't like the noise because it does have a an air noise um, that it makes. They have gotten a lot better as far as comfort and the amount of noise they make. Um, and then again, you also have to clean. They have tubes in the mask. You have to clean those on a regular basis so that you don't get bacteria buildup in those tubes while while you have them in place. So um, all those things contribute, and I think that's why you're going to see about a forty to forty five percent compliance rate uh, with the CPAP. Well, it's a decision that you have to weigh. And if, as Dr. Mann said, there's plenty of different options for you to address sleep apnea if that is something that you are diagnosed with. I want to get into a conversation about sleep breathing disorders in children, but we're going to do that after the break. If you want to schedule an appointment to see Dr. Mann, you can do that online by going to smileman.com. Man has two ends at the end, smileman.com. .com is Dr. Mann's website. You can also find information about the nearest office location to you. Dr. Mann has three offices. There's one in Cary, there's one in Fuquay, Verena, and one in Garner. Learn more at smileman.com or call 919-462-9338. 919-462-9338. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. Stick around. You're listening to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. You're listening to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. I'm Jason Kong here with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann, head of Charles Ashley Mann Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. We're talking all about sleep breathing disorders, sleep apnea and, uh, you know, snoring that you may hear. And Dr. Mann, we've primarily focused our conversation on uh, how adults deal with sleep breathing disorders, but I want to focus that conversation now on children. And of course, you know, when we think of sleep breathing disorders, children don't usually come to mind. So Dr. Mann, should parents be looking out for this in their toddlers and children? Absolutely. Every parent should be evaluating their kids for sleep breathing disorder. About uh, three out of 10 kids toddlers included, will have some form of sleep breathing disorder. And uh, what you know, a lot of people don't understand is, you know, apnea is not just for older people. Um, we see kids that have apnea. And uh, the only way, true way to diagnose this is, is for the parents to play a big role in this. And I um, always tell parents to look for certain signs um, when it comes to sleep breathing disorders. Um, you got to walk in after your kid falls asleep, toddler um, or young child. If they're breathing through their mouth, that is a bad thing. Um, you want your child to breathe through their nose. 
And the reason for that is you want your child to develop the upper airway. Uh, if they're breathing through their mouth, two things are happening. One, they're not developing the upper airway. And then two, all of the air that is coming in, um, the particles, whether it's uh, dust, pollen, anything that comes in, it's being filtered through their tonsils. So a lot of mouth breathers will have large tonsils, enlarged tonsils, which, as we spoke about earlier, if you have chronic enlarged tonsils, it can cause sleep apnea. So we see sleep apnea in kids that are mouth breathers um, because of that. The other thing you want to do is snoring. If your child is snoring at a very young age, toddler, all the way up, even in the teens, um, that is that is not um, appropriate. You know, that is not normal. There is a sleep breathing disorder that needs to be addressed. Um, some of the other signs and symptoms in younger children and toddlers are dark circles under the eyes. That would be a sign that there is a sleep breathing disorder going on that needs to be addressed. Um, if someone is having a real problem in school, then um, I would say that would be a problem um, that you want to address because it could be a sleep breathing disorder. Acting out um, randomly with, with anger, um, speech impediment, all those things could be a sign of sleep breathing um, disorders in young children and toddlers. So I would, um, I would encourage parents to, to take a part, not just going in one time, you know, but several times throughout a month. Um, after their child is going to sleep, spend about 10 or 15, 20 minutes after they've been asleep about an hour and see if you're hearing snoring, see if they're breathing through their mouth, see if they're restless. If a child is waking up um, on the opposite end of the bed um, or if their sheets are wet or their bed is torn up completely, that would be a sign of sleep breathing disorders and it needs to be addressed. That's great advice. And I, before we end the show today, I want to get into the treatment aspect. So how do you treat children with sleep breathing disorders? So all of our, I mean, if you're out there and you have a child that uh, you think has a sleep breathing disorder, uh, we, we treat um, all of sleep breathing disorders in our patients. And even if you're a non-patient and you're, you know, your dentist doesn't, we treat our patients with um, a program called Healthy Start. Um, Healthy Start is um, a program that uses mouth pieces um, to correct bad habits and um, also opens the airway up so that the patient um, will sleep better. And that's the main thing is um, you can imagine if you're not getting good sleep when you're a toddler, it can affect your overall growth, um, height, weight, but also it can also affect the growth of your jaws. Um, and that is, you know, most, uh, people's jaw growth has occurred. 97% of it has occurred by the age of 13. So it doesn't sound like, um, it goes by quick, but trust me, I got kids. I know how quick it goes by. Um, 13 comes very quickly. And if these, um, sleep breathing disorders are not uh, ignored and not treated, then we, we find that the airway, um, is not as broad and the jaws are not as um, developed as they need to be. And this can affect the patient the rest of their lives. A, crowded teeth, their teeth don't come together right, and also their airway is not developed. So they'll continue to have these apnea problems throughout their whole life. So we use these mouthpieces to A, form the um, proper development of the jaw, uh, a, uh, B, open up their airway so they can breathe, 
And um, C, correct any bad habits like mouth breathing. Um, it also helps them place their tongue to the roof of their mouth, which is the pop proper place that we want them. And um, it, it also um, corrects any um, other issues like tongue thrusting and things like that, that can affect long-term occlusal problems, which is basically the position of the teeth. So if we can get that started early, even in the toddler years, um, you'll see a great um, reduction in the amount of time you have to wear braces. Um, and sometimes you don't even have to wear braces with Healthy Start because the teeth come in um, in the proper position. So it's very, very important um, to treat this. And we're, we're very passionate about screening it in our office because we realize that if you don't treat it by the age of 13, then a lot of it, um, the, the problems occur unless you have some kind of surgical intervention. And um, so that's why we, we feel like it's very important. Yeah, I know you're passionate about it. And uh, I know when I took my son there from the very beginning, you have a questionnaire there for uh, the parents to see if this is something that uh, needs to really be examined. And I appreciate that because, as you said, this is something that can have lifelong implications. If you want to schedule an appointment to see Dr. Mann, you can go online to smileman.com. Man has two ends at the end, smileman.com is the website. Dr. Mann has three office locations. If you want to find the one closest to you, there's one in Fuquay, Verena. There's one in Garner and one in Cary. Learn more at smileman.com or call 919-462-9338, 919 919- Four six two nine three three eight. Doctor Man, what are we going to be talking about next week? Well, you know, it is May time, so uh, this is the most popular time for uh, weddings, and you know, we're going to talk about how to make your smile look good going into those big events that you have coming up. Yeah, that's important for all of us, making our smile a little bit better, a little bit nicer, a little bit whiter, a little bit straighter. We'll learn more about that next week. We're out of time for today. On behalf of Dr. Charles Ashley Mann, I'm Jason Kong. Thank you so much for listening to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic.